Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. What a day, what a week, what a snow, what a storm. We have so much to talk about. Freezing pipes, freezing houses, freezing streets, sidewalks, decks, patios, all those things that we are here. Wow. What a week. Indeed, what a ride. And we aren't finished yet. The temperatures are still chilly around here and will be for the next day. Uh, starts to warm up a little bit tomorrow on Sunday. Thankfully, we get a little bit of sunshine. And that's indeed just what we have. So I think we're kind of done with the... Uh, current snow version and we will talk about that and more all the things around your home as we are yet again inside just a little bit more Uh, we thought we were done with the pandemic oh my gosh then the snow comes and we're off and running please be careful please be careful it's very slick out there the uh, uh, ice underneath the snow presents a unique hazard because as the temperatures warm as the sun comes out it will tend to uh, actually it appears to to melt it will melt some of it some of it sublimates sublimate is uh, the going from one physical state to another Uh, for example ice and snow can go right into water vapor and evaporate straight up into the sun without passing through the physical state of liquid so you know sun does kind of uh uh cut down on or sublimate the snow away but in that time it also radiates that snow turns it into liquid liquid then gets on top of that ice below the snow and for those of you that have been scraping snow and uh getting down to the bottom if you're not on pavement uh, this rising temperature, rising snow can create a particular hazard because it really just slickens up. It's like the Zamboni of ice rinks on the uh, ice skating rink and the hockey rink. The same thing kind of happens when you get to that semi-warm state that the sun can bring even at 20 degrees where we are now. So just be aware that, you know, uh, the hazard isn't oven, over even though the snow stops falling from the sky. For those of you that have uh, uh, pipe issues, frozen pipes, and there are several around, I mean, we get down to cold, chilly temperatures, throw a little bit of wind chill in there, you can remove a lot of heat from a house, chill down that outside skin or the building envelope, as we call it in the building uh, industry, and you just chill it down. It's basically like making your coat colder. The outside of the house chills down, radiates into the pipes, pipes freeze, everything's cool no problems no leaks temperature rise suns comes up all of a sudden that frozen ice plug that split your pipe is no longer ice all of a sudden you wind up with a water leak as the temperatures rise so be aware with that Uh, phone lines here on kmox this is the kmox home improvement show scott mosby back thank you thank you thank you to rich or stepping in for me uh i'm doing a little bit of traveling um although many of those items have been yet again uh postponed because of um, uh, COVID issues. So uh, I don't uh, fly too closely to the flame. Uh, I don't really uh, stay out of the throw, but I am careful. And uh, well, we'll be changing that. But uh, thank you to Rich Ors for stepping in and allowing me the time away to do the activities with my family and friends. That uh, uh, you know, after 23 years, it kind of takes a little bit of time. Um, actually, I think it's more like. 25 but i'm not sure i'd have to do math for that and right now it's phone number time 314-436-7900 314-436-7900 or toll free 800-925-1120 800-925-1120 we can talk about winterizing draining the pipes in your house for those of you that may have second homes or you're worried about it, or you're going to be away for a, de- year, a, a day or two or a week or two, uh, how to prepare your home if you're really worried about deep freeze. In our part of the country, that really kind of means 
10 degrees Fahrenheit above zero and colder. You get down below there, and most houses uh, in our area, though they're supposed to be built for it, you get enough age and a little bit of movement, insulation, uh, somebody coming in to do a little bit of repair or remodeling and things get disturbed, and you wind up with more of a risk of freeze to some of those parts of your home. Uh, so anyway, we can talk about that, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Just keep that in mind. It is very important. Uh, Hopefully, your furnaces, your heaters, all those things are working. Beware if you have uh, any kind of issues with power outages, uh, how you go about heating the house, uh, cooktops, Gas ovens, gas appliances need to be really well vented with a flu. So if you're trying to heat your house with a fireplace or a gas oven or a gas stove, don't. Uh, The life you save may be your own. It's better off to just turn that appliance off, leave it off, and go somewhere else. Find warm temperatures at a friend's house, relative's house, all those places where you stay alive. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Golly, when the snow came, I wanted to share so much more on snow melt, ice melt, all the things. Suffice it to say, if you don't have it by now, You probably won't get it because most of the areas in town just seem to be out of it, uh, you know, once you get this far past the the storm. But for those areas that do have, the stores that do have the stocks, because we're in this pandemic thing of, you know, supply chain disruption, logistics, you know, truckers and containers and all that stuff. So even if it's in the system somewhere it may not necessarily be at the store where you and i can go get it and put it on our driveway 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 my name is scott mosby i've been on kmox here Ah, since 1995, something like that, 96, somewhere in there, depending upon how you look at it. Um, I was uh, in, I was one of seven names that the Home Builders Association, uh, the KMOX came looking to the HBA thinking, okay, people that build things and no buildings are around there. Uh, so they came asking for the new replacement for Mr. Tinker, the central hardware. Uh, Al Schneider was the guy that was hosting this show for many many years and when central hardware ceased doing business al schneider continued a few more years and then kmox came in and decided you know i guess it's, it's time we really need to give al a break so they came looking and i was part of the seven names from the home builders association that came on board and it was quiet for about four or five months and then uh, i wound up uh, on a uh, interview one one hour show one night at seven o'clock during a baseball playoff in the preseason or the uh, postseason um, playoffs, something was decided. Anyway, long and the short of it is here I am on KMOX. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Lots of things to talk about uh, and, and keep that in mind. Uh, as far as preparing and avoiding freezing pipes, we're not done. Uh, tonight's going to be a chilly one again, even though we're on a warming trend. Open the cabinet doors below your sinks, kitchen sink, vanity sink, anything where the pipes are not exposed. So if you can't see the pipes underneath the sink, open the door, move the stuff out, let the air rotate and circulate down underneath that cabinet because the heat inside your home, you know, the house and the air may be warm, but the air underneath that cabinet may not be. So those doors are isolators and insulators that protect those pipes from being heated. The outside is getting colder and colder and colder, removing the heat from the brick, the siding, the stucco, whatever the outside of your house is. But the heat from the inside can't get... So open those doors. Uh, If you're worried about a little bit, just let that water trickle. It could be cold or warm, either one. Uh, Ideally, your your hot water pipes tend to take care of themselves because of the heat in it. But if you're worried about it, if you get down below zero, you know, like negative two, negative four... Boy, howdy, it's time to, uh, you know, open up those uh, faucets just a little bit. Let them drip a little bit overnight. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. When we come back, we're going to talk about the things for our phone callers that are on the line and certainly a little bit more about ice melt and how you can prepare and keep your house safe for you, the postman, 
as well as guests coming to your house. Scott Mosby here on KMOX. Be right back. Oh, yes, indeed. Good morning. Good Saturday. Yeah, good cold Saturday it is. Uh, hopefully everything's warm, snug, and cozy in your home. Uh, if it's not, give me a call here. Let's talk about it and get you fixed up, at least on the track where you can get it solved next week with somebody that uh, professionally can help you. 314-436-7900. That's the KMOX time. Come on, everybody together. 314-436-7900. We've been saying that now for half a century. Or uh, 800-925-1120 are off-site toll-free. Uh, let's go see with my friend what's happening and start the phone calls. Uh, let's see what's cooking. Hey, Paul, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help, sir? Yes. Uh, my house was built in uh, 1960, and uh, I got a basement under the, the regular. Whoops, I lost you there. Hey, man. Uh-oh, I lost Paul. Sorry, brother. Hey, uh, anyway, please call back. I'm interested in that. Um, and, uh, whoa, what have we here? Um, uh, let's see, what's, is there somebody else on a uh, next line? I'm looking at the call screener to see who's live and who's not. Uh, whoops. Okay, well, let's go into ice melt. For those of you that are uh, uh, actually dealing with that, for heaven's sakes, let's see what's happening here. Uh, rock salt, calcium chloride, urea, and other things. Lawn fertilizer works. Uh, anyway, as we get into rising temperatures, um, when you get down below 15 degrees, uh, and you get out into the snow country, the snow areas out in Colorado, Utah, the Skiville. It gets so cold up there in the mountains, they just put grit down. They put sand down on the roads because there's no ice melt that will work at zero degrees and negative five, negative ten. None of those chemicals really affect anything, not even rock salt. So just be aware with that. Um, uh, let me see if we can get back to Paul here. Hey, Paul, are you there, my friend? Did we get you back together? Paul, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I got Man, my apologies. Sorry there, brother. I don't know what happened, but uh, we have uh, bugs here in the system. How can I help you? <laughs> yeah, anyhow, my house was built in 1960, and the main house has uh, got a basement under it, but the family room has got a crawl space. Okay. And uh, the, the, cold, the floor is so cold, and I'm sure there's not insulation under there. Now, can I put, like, roll insulation under there, or I do... And then do, if I do that, do I put plastic over that or do, get, do I get it sprayed in? I know sprayed in probably costs a lot more. Well, that's, there's a, that's a good question and a long answer. There are three issues going on here, um, all netting out to one cold floor. Um, uh, are, is your crawl space ventilated? Are there vents on the side of the foundation for air to blow through there? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the old school. Uh, and plastic would go down on the soil on the floor of that dirt to keep the humidity because you've got humidity. As your humidity raises, instead of trapping dry air, which insulates in a fiber like fiberglass or rock wool or whatever, then it, that air is wet and it actually transmits the cold or transmits the heat loss away from your floor. So anyway, long and the short of it, you have to insulate that foundation wall put the plastic down um, and then you still have wind blowing through that crawl space by design to try and move or limit that humidity long and the short of it the easiest way to do this Paul is spray foam the underside of your floor okay is that a, is that expensive or uh, it is expensive, and it's less expensive than insulating the perimeter, putting the plastic on the floor, then putting fibrous insulation under the floor. And you know what? You still have wind blowing around down there. It, then it's, the floor is still going to be cold. So if you really want to change something, change that barrier, that insulation, because once you spray foam the underside of that floor, you know, your thermal barrier goes to the floor and not down to the foundation and you know your whole warm floor doesn't really care whether there's wind blowing on the other side of the insulation you see what i mean yeah no i i, I got it i get I, yeah you're going to pay for the insulation on the foundation pay for the plastic then you're going to pay for the fibrous insulation in the floor joist and then when you're finished paying for those three things it's really not going to work anyway so take those three right. yeah that's what i'm getting at just spray foam that floor it, it will be expensive but 
man, I'll tell you what, at least you get something out of the deal. All right. I, I appreciate your show. Yeah, good question, Paulette. That's a, there are a lot of issues going on down there. I could go on and on and on, but the long and the short of it is get that barrier right there on the floor. Spray foam, get her done. And when you're doing it, the cost of getting spray foam out there, it's a minimum cost of 1000 or 1500 or something like that because of the setup, tear down, clean up, all that. If there's something else you can get spray foamed, that's the time because the unit cost of going from this bit here to another one, you still only have one setup teardown charge, which is half of the cost of these small jobs anyway. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Paul. Bye now. Uh, let's see what's happening here. I think we had Doug up next. Uh, see what's cooking. Hey, Mr. Doug, good morning. How can thanks, I help guys. you here on University KMOX? Uh, thanks very much for your show. I enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, I guess my house is about 50 or 60 years old and down in the basement, I have like a gas wall unit that's been there. Well, since I've been here and I've been here almost 20 years mm-hmm. and it may not be necessarily the safest kind of thing, but I run it a couple times a year just to kind of make sure it keeps going. Yeah. And I was wondering if there's something that I could maybe put in place there. It's supposed to be one of these ventless type and it might be either better or, I guess, uh, more efficient or, I guess, even more aesthetically pleasing. Uh, I can tell you that uh, ventless gas appliances have grown and grown and grown over the last 10 or 15 years. And I just have to tell you, Doug, I'm just not a fan. Um, perfection, yeah. in, perfection in construction um, is a fleeting moment. Uh, and, you know, a ventless system requires perfect operation of the flame, oxygen, combustion, all that. Even if it does work right, you're putting a ton of moisture in the house. Uh, so, uh, frankly, any kind of a vented uh, heater or, frankly, if your electrical service can handle it, if you're down in the basement, uh, I would go with straight resistance heat or a split system like a Mitsubishi or a unit like that. Do you know what a split system is? A mini split, as they're do, called? I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. Those are a little pricier, but they're they are incredibly efficient now because they're because they're pricey. There's not a whole lot of difference of cost from a you know an 18 sear to a 24 sear. You know, so you get 25 percent of more efficient operation. You know, and and you, then it goes up 300 dollars in cost. You know, so it's a it's a pretty good of investment, I think. But even just a right. simple resistance heater would be the better, safer choice. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. When I do run it, I I open up the you know the windows so that I guess there is ventilation things like that as to not you know cause any major issues. Man, you're the guy. You know because that's the instruction, Doug. I'll bet you're one of three humans on the planet that do that <laughs> when they turn the heater on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, it's you know when a couple times when the power's gone out and I you know I kick it on. I mean, the basement's like you know Hawaii weather within about five minutes and. You know, within probably 15 minutes, and the uh, the upstairs is pretty much heated as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, the place to do if you were to have, you know, an old uh, potbelly stove that seals up, you know, to so that the combustion air gets drawn down the chimney. You know, the old type stove or these sealed units mm-hmm. that go into fireplace inserts. If you can get them down in the basement, those puppies will heat nigh onto the whole house. Hmm. You know, okay. because heat yeah, rises you can run and those then through gas as well. Uh, yes, yes. Well, because okay. heat rises. So you heat that, right. you know, you overheat one room. And then if you can, if you've got, say, a backup battery or a backup small power generator or even just a little bit of electricity, if you run the blower motor on your furnace, that takes very little to no electric, but it circulates that heat from that mm. unit heater in the basement. That's right. So you can, you know, yeah, there are a lot of, and that's where we get into these ice storms and all, you know, people with these small backup power generators, they're not really heating their house. They're just moving the blower motor. And that's where if you've got a gas furnace, your gas doesn't get interrupted. You only need about right. four cents a minute, you know, four cents an hour to run the blower fan. So, right. you know, you can heat okay. a whole house. Yeah. 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 It's been a couple of times, you know, in last years, you know, a few years back when, the power did go out. I mean, it, it it was very helpful. Like I said, it you know I had the windows open upstairs, so I, I felt you know I'd, I'd run it for maybe you know thirty minutes and then turn it off, and I'd be fine for you know a few hours and such. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. with that kind of discipline, and, and uh, if you you can get a vented heater, you can get a vented fireplace, you can get a direct vent fireplace that can vent up uh, and out the uh, um, band joist of your house. There are a lot of things. They're a little pricey, but if you're going to pay, you know, two thousand dollars for the heat, pay five thousand for a good looking installed fireplace. You know, on a direct oh, vent yeah. thing. Or, you know, then it's like, wow, now I've got a feature plus heat. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I can sit next to my fireplace. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> which I've okay. been doing a lot of lately. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Okay, oh. great. Thanks, Scott, very much for your help. I appreciate it. You bet it, Doug. Okay, thanks. Take okay. care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. We've got some phone lines open for you. Yeah, no, no, not not you. You, there, right? Yeah, you right there. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is University of CAMOX. Come on in, have a seat in the classroom. Coffee's in the back. You know, raise your hand, uh, call in, and we'll share these questions and answers. Uh, I'm not really in a classroom, but uh, I, I, you know, basically draw that picture for you so we can visually share all that here on radio. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is Scott Mosby. I'm on CAMOX, and we are all at your service. All right, back together, Home Improvement, CAMOX, 1030, 1 o'clock today, retire ready here on CAMOX, an afternoon of experts. Stay tuned, lots of things happening. Don't go away, be there. We are all together. And uh, again, uh, my personal thanks to CAMOX Radio, the newsroom for the uh, reports on the weather, the roads. Uh, it's important to me. Uh, it's been important to you. So uh, again, we take that all for granted because we're part of the CAMOX family. But you know what? When the chips are down, CAMOX is up. Yeah, that's just it. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together here on the CAMOX Home Improvement Show. Toll-free, 800-925-1120. Let's go to uh, Dan or Doat. Uh, good morning, Dan. Scott Mosby here. How may I help you, sir? Good morning, Scott. Uh, what te- what I-, I live in South uh, St. Louis County. Uh, okay. What temp- outside temperature should we uh, drip our faucets? Um, inside the house when you're dripping your faucets? Yeah. Uh, I Typically, when it gets down below five degrees above zero, that's when I start doing anything unusual. I close all my blinds. I open up all my cabinet doors. Uh, well, I do that around 10 degrees anyway. But then when it hits five degrees above zero, you know, plus five, that's when I start dripping faucets because uh, especially in places like down in the basement where it's just a concrete basement wall, there's no real insulation. You know, that concrete's about an R1, one and a half, you know, and their pipe's just inside there. So that's when I start dripping faucets around the house in those cooler areas, uh, semi-conditioned in a basement especially, usually on the first floor because those pipes serve the first floor first. You know, second floor faucets, yeah, it got, you know, at five degrees, Dan, I'm dripping everything. Oh, I was doing it at 20 degrees. Nah, too warm. Your house your house is really... How old is your house, Dan? 35 years old. Yeah, that's a new house. That's got a lot of bells and whistles and insulation. You're a little too warm for that, unless you have something really wrong. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to take you a little bit deeper into the weeds here. If your pipes come up on the floor of your vanity then basically your water supply pipes are not on the outside wall. They come up through the floor inside that envelope. Uh, But if they come out of the wall, like most of them do, like at my house, you know, they're right there. They're three inches from, you know, five degrees, 10 degrees, whatever it is. But uh, anyway, you get down below 10, I start opening doors and closing blinds where I don't, you know, I normally don't do the discipline to do that. Get down around 5 degrees, I'm I'm uh, starting to be concerned. And, and when we get down, house? oh yeah, 1947, 1947. Oh so you're saying I should, with my relatively new home, we, we had a build 35 years ago, I should start dripping at what, what temperature? Yeah, what 5 degrees. Yeah, open your cabinet doors at 10 above and and start dripping your faucets about 5. I mean, when you're physically, when you hurt when you go outside, that's when to start dripping the faucets. So 5 degrees. I've been doing it at 20 degrees, so I should not do it until it gets around 5. Yeah, yeah, you're too warm. Your house is built too well for that. Okay, thank you very much. 
That's a good question, Dan. Thanks. I, I think that's a first. Nobody ever really asked me exactly what temperature, but, and you know, one size doesn't fit all, but you've got a relatively well-insulated house because the building codes 35 years ago were much better uh, than they were 65 years. Maybe the building materials were better 65 years ago, but, you know, energy was so cheap, we didn't really pay attention to insulating houses very yeah, well. Yeah, it's a Maselli-built house, and my, all my mm-hmm. neighbors say, you know, they, 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 you don't really need to drip your faucets, but I've I been agree. doing it at 20 degrees. Nah, you're, you're about 15 degrees too warm. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Take care, Dan. You too. There we go. Uh, we're better together all getting this around. I no political connotations of that one there. We're just uh, a little bit more of the family. Let's see who that's cooking with my buddy, Jason. Hey, Jason, Scott Mosby. Good morning, sir. How can I help? Good morning. A long-time listener, first-time caller, so I appreciate everything you're doing. Welcome. Uh, got, a, uh, got a question. So I noticed when I was looking at my uh, my housing contract, well, when I bought, bought my current house, about mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago, well, about 15 years ago, uh, I noticed that they just put, they didn't replace the roof, but they just put uh, tiling on top of it. So long story short, uh, about a year ago, I noticed some black streaks uh, mm-hmm. going across my ceiling. And so I just decided to replace the entire um, uh, roof and also include uh, a humidifier. You think the black... Um, the black uh, streaks across the ceiling was caused because of lack of there was uh, um, too humid or anything. Uh, ins- lack of insulation and high uh, humidity. Uh, okay. Yeah, and we call that ghosting. Um, right. And you can see it on the outside of a house where, you know, a well-insulated house, and it's really neat at the right temperature, right humidity. I drive down the street sometimes 30 degrees, sometimes down the highway, and I can see the drive, you know, I can see the studs in the wall from the outside of a vinyl-sided house on a pretty new house that, that's pretty well-insulated, but those 2 by 4s aren't. Then you go to the inside, just exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you know, Jason, you, you have those same 2 by 4s Well, when you're adding humidity to the house and you have a cold, chilly surface of a 2 by 4 then that moisture sticks to that cold surface a little differently. And then the dust sticks to it. And the dust has color, and that's where your streaks come, ghosting. So, so, so by me getting the humidifier in the attic put in, would that help any? Uh, the humidifier caused it. The humidifier is a good thing. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not okay. gonna, the uh, in in this part of the country, uh-huh. you know, dry crack nasal, you know, dry crack, right. crack drywall cabinets, uh-huh. furnace, you know, yada yada yada. So you're uh-huh. doing the right thing. But if you're burning candles, uh, we have issues with yep. people that you know religiously burn candles. Well, uh-huh. that is a soot. The soot hits that cold tube. Or, so gotcha. you know it, it's interesting it's like you're burning candles in here it's like well how did you know it's like well that's Uh-oh. the biggest you know that's going to lead up to a problem with my wife right because she loves to burn these doggone candles so I'm, oh, I oh now I wait a minute i'm not go- i'm not going there and i'm 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 advising you do not go there just clean the streaks it's go you know it is what it is you're doing the mm-hmm. things right Okay, so what do I do to clean it? Do I just paint over it, or is there something else I can use, or? Yeah, you can clean it, but it won't work. You know, I mean, it's such my, you know, it's so tiny little stuff, and it's it's Mm -hmm. uh, minor, Um, Uh and and this is so. uh, Let me. get out here a little bit if you were to put insulation all over the outside of your house like a big parka uh, uh-huh. a wrap of foam over the face of the two by fours and not just in between them that's uh-huh. when you diminish that well it's unlikely uh, it, next time you side your house or something like that that's when to have mm-hmm. that conversation but okay. it's so much less uh, costly your wife wants to repaint the room anyway so right. <laughs> yeah you know, you're in for the duration man you know it right, is right Okay. Well, I do appreciate it. And like I said, I don't call in, but I listen every day. I mean, every every Saturday. So I appreciate it. Oh, good question. Thanks for the call. All right. Thank you. All righty. Bye now. And, and I love this show because it, it's just a hoot. I, you know, I mean, you know, fun personalities call it. I mean, life is life. You know, your wife burns candles and wants to paint the wall. Do it. <laughs> no comments. Anyway, 314-436-7900 and 800-925-1120. I am Scott Mosby. I hope you're having as much fun as I am right here on KMOX. We'll be right back together after this and right here on KMOX.
And we're off, and we're running around the third corner, coming around for the close of the first hour on the University of KMOX, KMOX Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby at your service. Glad to be back. I missed you the last few weeks. Thanks to Rich Horace for stepping in. Rich knows some stuff. And there are, I mean, uh, from my point of view, who do I turn the KMOX listeners over to? Well, it better be somebody that knows a lot, has a lot of experience, and can handle himself in answering some of the tough questions because, uh, you know, occasionally, uh, you know, listeners are trying to do something in a dangerous way. It's like you have to kind of quietly, softly turn that buggy and that wagon into nose into the wind when it's a little safer. 314-436-7900, Let's talk with my friend Kathy and see what's happening. Hey, Kathy, Scott Mosby here. Welcome to CamWax. How can I help? Hello, Kathy. Are you there? Listen to your phone, not your radio. Radio seven seconds behind, courtesy of Janet Jackson dropping her top years ago. <laughs> they say messed up your name. Hello? Hello? Yeah, Kathy, you're on. Oh, my name is Debbie. Uh, oh, forgive me. Hey, uh, would you mind, would you like to be, anyway, Debbie, thank you. How can I help? I have a laminate floor. We just purchased a new refrigerator with uh with the freezer on the bottom and then a single door at top okay. on the top. Whenever we open the door, the refrigerator rolls out to us. What yes. could we yes. do or what could we put under it? Right now we got cardboard and it doesn't look very good, but yeah. what could we do to put under there that would stop that? Do you have any idea or where we could purchase something? Don't need to purchase anything. Just not quite finished. Um, you can roll that fridge out, pull the cardboard out. You don't need the cardboard. Slide it back in just carefully. Uh, put it right back in on top of that laminate floor. There are some screw feet right in front of the rollers. So you have four rollers, two front, two back. But on the very front of the refrigerator, you pull off that little toe kick thing. And just like on an adjustable washer dryer, there's little feet that just screw down and if you just unscrew them enough to where they take a little weight off the rollers now those two skid feet will not allow the fridge to move so you're just not quite installed okay so is there are there two in the back and two in the front are we just Uh, only only two in the front yeah okay yeah yeah, and and what people mistake and say, well, my fridge is already plumb, level, and square, all that, so I don't need to put those feet down. Those feet down neutralize the sl- the sliding ability. Kudos to that fridge for rolling that well. Number one, um, <laughs> but but number two, you just you just you know you just have to unscrew. I typically just spin them down with my my hands. Uh, they're usually the side you know the a hexagonal like a nut. I take a little extension or you know or an open end wrench. And I turn it about a quarter turn on both sides. It lifts the front of the fridge up just uh, ever so little. Now, keep in mind, if you ever move that refrigerator, you... To avoid ripping up that floor, you have to turn those uh, skid pads back in so that they don't rip up your new floor. Mm. I guess I better put that note on the front of the refrigerator if Uh, I ever decide to go out and clean it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and okay. most of those refrigerators you can clean now by uh, just pulling off that front kick and sliding, you know, a, a, a skinny brush down there or something like that. Oh, but yeah. well, good. Well, yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. I love the show, and thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Good call. I mean, you might have helped another 10 people. That's what I like about KMOX. If I answer one question, you know, with thirty to 50,000 listeners, there's likely three mm-hmm. or four other people that are going to avoid ripping up their kitchen floor. You know, just be, oh, yeah, I guess that guy unscrewed those feet. Yeah. So. Okay. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Take care, Deb. Stay warm. All right. And next up, let's see uh, who's been waiting here. Let's go to DJ. Hey, DJ Scott Mosby here. Good morning. Cam Wex, how can I help? Uh, Scott, it's uh, BJ, but that's okay. It seems to oh, be BJ. Thing. Oh, I like yeah. BJ better. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question. We had a four-season room installed back in 2005. 
with a through-the-wall heat pump unit, which heats, cools, and we don't use it that much in the off-season. But I just wonder, with all the new technology out there and the rebates available through Ameren, would it be mm-hmm. worthwhile to change that out? Uh, is it an electric unit? It's an all-electric unit. It, like I say, it's a heat pump unit that I can vent it, cool it, or heat it. Boy, uh, um, I would if it's working great. I would leave well enough alone. First off, uh, run it often enough, at least once or twice a season, just to get them going. But when you've got a heat pump like that, even the old bad heat pumps were pretty efficient, you know. So from a, unless you're going to get a big rebate on this thing, where they're going to pay you to replace it, which is unlikely, you've got a pretty good unit there. You know, even those old bad heat pumps were pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, just for your information, and this runs every time it goes below 41 degrees because we have all kinds of house plants out there, so it runs Oh, perfect. Out. Yeah, you're going to wear that thing out before, you know, so you're going to face this, you know, at 05, you know, you're you're approaching 20 years on there, you know, heat pump, so I, I'd run that thing, but uh, uh, you might, uh, do you have it serviced at all on a regular basis? I'm the only one that services it, and about the only thing you can do to service it is I uh, change out the filters and uh, blow it out and you know clean out the uh, unit oh. itself. Man, you may you may make 30 35 years on that. You I mean frankly that kind of simple um maintenance is most all those things really need. The issue that you face, so I would nurse that baby as long as you can. The issue that you face is when you buy a new unit, sometimes they don't fit in the hole of that, you know, 3 or 4 season unit. That or room, that's the, you know, the, the physical size is the risk there, BJ. So that's why I really like your answer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, keep on keeping on. I mean, with your kind of care, uh, you know, it's like those old refrigerators when you don't ever move them; they just keep on going. So I think you may have some really good luck. I I got one other quick one for you. Make it real quick, about thirty seconds before I'm off. Okay, yeah. real quick. I, I've got a whole house AC unit that I had replaced back in two thousand. Uh-huh. And uh, is, is that worth looking into replacing again, or should I just keep on keeping on with that? No, nah, you're getting into it, and preventive maintenance, we get 20 years on that, you're in that same area. So I'd start having those conversations, because when if it quits, you know, you, we can get one right in as soon as it comes in in six weeks. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, BJ. Good luck, my friend. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, second hour coming up right after news, weather, and sports on KMOX. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good afternoon, lunchtime, midday, KMOX, the clock says noon bean time put a few shrimp on the barbie uh well not really that it's unless you have a grill indoors properly vented with a big hood and i'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into some of these exhaust hood concepts i, I want to uh, bring it home for uh how the cold temperature affects various things we'll get to the phone lines here in a little bit this is the KMOX home improvement show scott mosby at your service had a great first hour some new questions that came up uh you know when we get into these uh really cold temperatures it uh, uh sparks some interesting questions and then in engaging you know nice things i learn a little bit more so uh um, glad to help i really it's this is one of the things i love to do because uh the things you know everybody we remember our parents my dad taught me a lot of this stuff um my day job is mosby building arts we've been around since 1947 i have a whole team of are really smart people, uh, most of them smarter than me, if you can really believe that, uh, because they're specialists. They know a little bit. Uh, they know a lot about a little. So they're, spe- you know, electrician really knows electrical. Plumber knows the plumbing. The carpenter knows the trim and the framing and the structures. And my thing is, is I know a little about a lot. So I know who to ask, who to call, kind of like the Ghostbusters movies, who are you going to call? It's like, well, you call the person that knows a lot about that topic. And frankly, the that's kind of the classic role of the general contractor. And, you know, frankly, the general contractor 
has been kind of got a, a bum rap over the last 20, 30 years because so many people went into it and they weren't really qualified for it. They just thought, well, all you do is make a few phone calls and get people to come. Well, that's not entirely true because when you have two trades and they both want to use that one stud space to run wires, ductwork, and plumbing pipes in it, it's the general contractor who has to uh, really resolve that issue by negotiating what the other choices are. The plumber can run it over here. The ductwork, you know, generally has to go here. But if it's a if it's a gravity drain line on a waste line, can you move it over one stud? So basically, if you're just making phone calls then you're just making phone calls. So a uh, general contractor has responsibilities for things like that. The point being that um, it, it takes more. The good ones make it look really easy, and the neophytes tend to wind up with conflicts quite a bit. And the issue with me is... I just happen to know the people that have those answers. And, you know, there are many, you know, production and project managers with Mosby Building Arts as well. And it's interesting. They listen to these phone calls. And, you know, sometimes I'm dancing. I'm like, well, it's kind of like this and kind of like that. And I get a text from one of my coworkers and they say, hey, Scott, remember the stud cavities and the ghosting? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. We're talking about goats, you know. So the point being is there are a lot of people that help me uh, on KMOX that I really enjoy. And it's it makes it a really fun thing. And I'm able to draw on the experience of things my father taught me from years back, things that people that I work with now keep me current on these issues. Uh, we have ever-changing bidding, building codes, fire codes, conflicts between the fire and building codes. Because if you think about it, the fire guys want no air moving anytime because air provides oxygen for the combustion just makes the fire burn hotter faster worse well golly okay now let's talk about indoor air quality we want x number of air changes per hour well that's inside the unit we don't want air changes inside the wall cavity on and on and on so there's just a lot to knowing how to resolve and optimize a building situation and that's really where you know to toot my own horn that's really where Mosby Building Arts excels because we study in the fringe because these manufacturers have incredible research and development uh, budgets and teams and these folks are coming up with new better ideas every day so the technology is advancing quickly uh, you know, for example, my, you know, my clothes dryer has a water line connected to it. Nah, nah. Well, my clothes dryer now has a steam function. Whoa, well, that's pretty cool. You know, so, but, but who would have thought that, you know, a dryer has a water connection? Well, that's an example of just simple technology and laundry appliances. Uh, so anyway, the, these manufacturers come up with really great stuff that push the envelope of playing well together in the sandbox. You know, what we learned or tried to learn in kindergarten was it only matters how we get there together. If you have one really smart kid, society does not advance. When you have that one really smart kid that affects everybody else and then works together with then you wind up with a whole better society. So the issue is uh, it's how well we get along together. Well, Manufacturers, you know, when they're doing framing materials, they just make better stuff. Well, then they have different structural ratings. Then the plan reviewers don't necessarily know about the new material, the new structural plan ratings, uh, you know, and on and on and on. And architects just keep designing in new stuff all the time. Well, the builder, we're the guys that get all the money because we get we get paid for building the whole structure. We also get the responsibility for warranty for the whole structure. And generally, it's the builder who doesn't get a vote on design. So we hold all of the responsibility with very little of the input. Thus, Mosby Building Arts design-build model. We have all the designers, the architects, uh, accessibility uh, specialists, kitchen and bath designers, all that stuff, so that we have the opportunity to put our experience into the front end of, you know, this is a really beautiful look. 
but we need to add a little bit of flashing caps here. Oh, you no, no, you don't. That'll look bad. It's like, well, you know, but it'll last. It'll it'll make it past ten years if you put these things on. Well, those don't look so bad. So again, it's it's how we all get there together. But the point being that our rate and rapid rate of innovation, number one makes construction potentially fabulous and potentially fraught with risk as well. And and how it relates to today to what you hear, uh, sometimes we're in regulations. Well, everybody, well, regulations are bad. Well, no, the issue is the innovators are improving things faster than the regulators can learn, react, and guide. So we're, you know, we're in a very interesting world where the new ideas are coming faster and faster and faster, and the regulators, uh, the lawmakers, the legislators, you know, they're trying to learn this stuff as fast as possible. And where you or I might hear it on the news, we hear the bad guys being out of bounds fast. But even the good guys are trying to stay in bounds, and yet we're still struggling to work well together because, you know, this new whiz-bang product comes out, and now we need to build the entire wall differently. You know, and then you've got all the carpenters and the painters and the plumbers and the insulators. Well, no, you don't. It's just a wall. It's like, well, but this thing is here. That means we need a little bit more drying capability down at this part. Huh? What? So that's really the role of the contractor, the general contractor, or the construction company. And the difficulty of that is why our company, Mosby Building Arts, is built the way we are. We want all the voters in early so that we all at least pile up our problems together. And then we negotiate it out, we design it out, we duke it out to try and come up with the best design that the builders are actually going to understand and build, the designers and the product selectors, as well as the conversations being had with what appliances and what materials, what siding, what roof gets chosen by our our clients, because it only matters how all that stuff performs together when it's put together right, when it plays well together in the sandbox where that whole house does what it's supposed to and the consumer gets their money's worth out of buying this new whiz-bang product that then causes uh, you know, a little bit different assembly in the carpenters, framers, uh, siders, insulators, plumbers, electricians, painters, drywall, flooring guys, you know, all on and on and on. Anyway, so anyway, welcome to my world. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. You just heard five minutes on why I love my job, basically. So that's kind of, you know, the drill down on that. 314-436-7900-800-925. 1120. I hope you're warm. I hope you're safe. And I hope your pipes haven't frozen. So, you know, that, I'll see if I can help you with that throughout the next hour right here on KMOX. Scott Mosby at your service. I'll be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Hey folks, Scott Mosby here, CamoX. This is University of CamoX. We've got Billiken basketball coming up. We go to that about 12.45 today. Uh, go Bills. Uh, we've got that here online, so stay tuned. Lots of that. Uh, also, I want to congratulate and thank the clients and the customers, suppliers, the whole team, my associates, the people I work with at Mosby Building Arts for the success of the toy drive we had at the end of the year in December. Uh, SSM Cardinal Glennon, we took the kids uh, just a truck full of toys, and it was over 5000 worth of toys that we donated and they use those toys year round all the way through the year and I just want to say thank you because uh, you know even people that uh, um, you know don't hear or get our mailings they'll call me up and say Scott you know I've got a bunch of toys I know you guys do this every you know just friends just clients that we've served over the years and, and just Thank you all. I mean, at, at a time when we're all, you know, snuggling up inside of our snowy houses, uh, just be aware those things that we did together are changing some child's toy and joy today in the hospital, SSM Cardinal Glennon. So uh, congratulations to that. Uh, let's go talk to my buddy here, Bob, and see what's cooking with him. Hey, Bob, good a- uh, afternoon. Welcome to KMOX, my friend, and how can I help you today? 
Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fantabulous. Good, How's that for good. a word, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I live in a home that was built in 1906. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year we had a bathroom uh, rehabbed. Okay. They put in exhaust fans, and one of them leaks. Uh, whenever it's humid outside or it's raining, mm-hmm. it leaks. And we looked inside where they have ran the um, the ductwork, and it's dry in there, but it still leaks. Okay. Um, and it tell and it, when it rains, it leaks, or or uh, when the air conditioner is on. Help me uh, time of year on this. Yeah. Yes. It will be uh, during the summer when the air conditioner is running and it's raining outside. Okay. All right. Or it's really humid outside. Yeah. Yeah, Great question. This is about a four-headed monster on its answer. Uh, And we get these questions of leaking air conditioning systems, ducts, and especially vent fans. Uh, I suspect your air conditioner vent, the grill, is blowing air on that vent fan, or maybe you're leaking some AC up in the attic on the ductwork. That is condensation. Uh, because in the summertime, then you've got very humid air outside. So your attic is just loaded with humid air. It's, you know, welcome to the humidity in St. Louis, uh, where we invented close. Uh, so that humidity, Bob, when it in, intersects cold metal, where the AC is blowing onto that ductwork, and you've got that vent duct, the exhaust ductwork, when that stuff gets cold and the humid air hits it, which is inside that ductwork, it just condenses. You can literally have a rainstorm going on uh, when you're showering. Likewise, this time of year when it's really cold, when you get if that's over a shower, we've seen these where the vent fans are over a hot shower. People get in there taking a hot shower. That warm, moist air gets in there, and now the ductwork itself is very cold because it's up in the attic. Then you can have really cold, really uncomfortable raindrops falling on you which is nothing more than condensation so the issue that you're facing is how to isolate cold metal from warm humid air whether that's in the summertime or the winter you can have it going on right now if it's right over a hot you know steamy shower in a bathroom or in the summertime when your hot steamy is outdoors might be 100 degrees 89 percent relative humidity uh, so so think of it in terms of that you have condensation happening between cold surface and hot humid air you following that, me that so far lot, it makes a lot of sense because the uh the air conditioner vent is close to the exhaust fan. Yeah, yeah. We've actually had this in hallways where people, you know, they say, you know, my hall wall is is sweating or leaking, you know, and it's it's way, you know, it's 12 feet away from the roof. Well, it's not leaking. It's condensing. And when you get that, and when it gets really hot outside, your AC runs on and on and on it just keeps running so instead of that metal being maybe 60 degrees inside well if the ac runs for an hour straight that metal is now going to be 55 56 degrees because it keeps getting cooler and cooler and cooler the longer the ac runs because it's hotter outside so yeah condensation we've had sweating walls uh sweating vents um, you know, because especially plaster homes, so your 1906 home, that plaster gets cold and it stays cold. You can actually have the plaster sweat in that situation, too. Okay. Well, How's uh, that how for do a I mindful? Um, well, it, sometimes it's, it's impossible to fix. Uh, redirect your AC blower vent if you can get an adjustable vent so it blows to a different uh, point of view. Uh, up in the attic, when we install those exhaust vent ducts, this is one of those Mosby things because, you know, it, we understand things like this. You have to insulate from the outside the exhaust duct on a vent fan because you want to keep the air and the metal warm long enough for that hot, moist air from the shower to escape, um, or the in the summertime, the same. But just so keep in mind, you basically insulate the outside of the exhaust fan box, 
the exhaust fan duct with the goal being keep the uh, temperature uh, or the moisture warm long enough for it to get outside so the condensation happens outside the house, up on the roof or outside the soffit or through the wall, whatever it is. Insulation and isolation. Well, well, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a hand, it's a handful. It takes a while to get your head around it, but it, with with yeah. what I've told you, Bob, you just kind of have to noodle it through. You know, you get up in the attic and you start looking at how. You know, but if you're looking at at bare metal ductwork on that vent fan, that's where you start. You insulate night, cover that with spray foam or uh, fibrous insulate something, but keep the cold it mo- keep the attic air from touching it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You bet. It's just it's the same as the outside of an iced tea glass in a summer day, hot and sweat. When you get that cold metal and it touches that hot, sweaty air in the uh, in the attic, you know you're going to get a rainstorm. All right. That's true. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Good luck, my friend. Scott Mosby Home Improvement, again, these are the types of things, and it's in the weather extremes. So I I love, uh, oftentimes I know the answer just by the question. Uh, Leaking exhaust fan is is what was on my call screener, you know, from the producer here on Camwex. Well, leaking vent fan, it's like, okay, so you have a hole in the house. We live in St. Louis where it gets really hot and humid in the summer, or in the wintertime today, Instead of having an air conditioning system running, we've got the weather that's 18 degrees. So now that metal is really cold again. But instead of hot, humid air outside, we have warm, humid air because we're humidifying the house, trying to keep our nails, nasal passages healthy, our wood from cracking, our furniture from on and on. So anyway, it's the same thing. Anyway, phone lines are open for you, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. 20, excuse me, uh, St. Louis Billikens basketball coming up here at uh, 1245 right here on KMOX. I love Billikens basketball. Some things are just, I, I don't know, I, I, you know, it just... It, it's just St. Louis, and that's that's just what I like. Um, as far as uh, any kind of ice melt, uh, keep in mind, folks, right now when the sun is up and out and we're warming some of the radiantly warming the snow, the pavement, you'll find out that if you cleaned your driveway, the blacktop will absorb that heat with that absorption of heat. It will melt or get warm. Uh, the ice turns to water. Water evaporates in the sun. So your dark surfaces, roof, asphalt, uh, streets that are dark colored asphalt, those lose their snow cover first when they're in the sunshine. So keep that in mind how that works as to where you choose to spend maybe what limited ice melt you have left. Um, so just keep that in mind. If you can scrape the snow off of what you have, and now that the temperature's getting up and this, it's kind of worth snow, shoveling snow in those backdoor things and all those other areas getting out to the trash can and such, uh, be aware, scrape the snow off. And then just let the ice exposed. If you're going to get any sunshine on it, especially if you have a wood deck, those are particularly slick in the cold temperatures. Let the sun take care of that for you. Uh, And then in a day or two, if it still needs some attention, put a little ice melt there. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're going to take a short pause and come back for more right now on University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Okay, last 15 minutes of the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Billiken basketball. We're going to go at 1242 there. And uh, the game uh, pregame starts 1245 here on KMOX. Let's go talk to my friend Margaret. Margaret, good afternoon. How may I help you today? Well, um, I live in a condominium that's one floor plus a lower level, and I have three bathrooms, two of which I don't use hardly ever, and then my bathroom off my bedroom. And I was looking at my American water bill from this current current one, and it said I use 88 gallons of daily use. Uh, when I went back to my other bills, it was like 44 for 45, 50. In other words, it's double the usage than what I normally do. And I talk, called their customer service, and she said, well, put, like, food color in the tank of these mm-hmm. three things. 
and then if it come after about an hour, if it comes through, then that kind of tells you where your problem is. Well, mm-hmm. the two that I hardly use, it doesn't came through at all. The one that I use a lot, it came through very clearly. So I don't see any visible running of the toilet. I don't see any visible water. Where is this going? And how do you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a really effective test. It was really good advice. Uh, it can all by itself explain that difference in your water usage. It's very, very, t- what happens is um, the water in your tank, it fills up, and so your float valve, that ball cock, then says, I'm full, don't need any more water. Well, then the little flush flapper down in the bottom of the bowl or the tank there that lets the water go down when you know so it lifts it up when you use the trip lever the water goes down in the bowl what happens is there's just a really really slow imperceptible leak down into the bowl thus the food colored water now goes down into the toilet bowl which it's not supposed to go until you flush it well so then as that water goes down in the toilet bowl the level drops in the tank. The silcock says, okay, I'm emptying. Let's put a little bit more water in here. So you may be uh, filling that tank all the time very slowly. But over a month, that's a lot of water. So that's where one toilet can cost you a lot of money. And all it is is changing the <laughs> flapper at the bottom of the tank. So the thing that your trip lever lifts up, that then allows all the water in that tank above to go down in the toilet bowl and remove whatever's in that toilet bowl and flush down the the drain. You following me so far? Yes, I think so. I'm writing yeah, it the, down. Yeah, the long and the short of it is it's just the flapper in the bottom of your tank that needs to be replaced. Um, there's nothing wrong with the fill mechanism. It's filling just fine, but it's just very slowly leaking, usually in that little black rubber flapper thing that the chain is connected to at the very bottom center of the tank. And uh, it covers a hole that's about two and a half inches in diameter. So it's a big hole when you push the triplet. So you take the lid off the tank, you look down on the bottom, and that's the flapper there. If you're unfamiliar with that changing that a handyman or you know it doesn't take a lot of skill to change it it does take a good bit of skill to identify which one to buy it's tougher to figure out which one to buy than it is to change it (laughs) so is this water going any place outside of the toilet nope Nope, it's going right down the drain. You know, it's instead of flushing the toilet with one and a half or two and a half gallons of per whoosh, you're losing, you know, a thimble full all the time, every second, all day long. Wow. Yeah, and well, that's where the volume comes much. from. Yeah. Thank you. Sounds but, like it's and, fairly simple if I can get somebody to do it for me. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. You got good advice, uh, and keep that in mind. That food coloring test is a good one. And frankly, uh, check your other ones because lack of daily use in your other two bathrooms, those mm-hmm. flappers are probably the same age. So if it's going to cost okay. you $100 to change one, it may cost you 120 to change three. Okay, okay. You see what I mean? You, you know, they're all about the same age. It's kind of like when headlights go out. One headlight goes kaput. And then they change them both. It's like, well, they're both the same age. You know, oh, yeah, I guess okay. you're right. So. Well, two of them were only about 10 years old, and one of them is probably as old as this whole kind of mini of it, which is in the 40s. Yeah. 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 Well, then okay. maybe just change that one then. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. You're Appreciate welcome, Mark. All right. Bye. Bye. Next up, let's see what's cooking with my buddy Joe. Hey, Joe. Good afternoon. Welcome to CamWax. How can I help? Yeah, Scott. Good afternoon to you. Got Thank a question. You. Um, on uh, indoor humidity, I'm holding at about 32%. Is that a good range for this kind of climate that's going on right now? My thermostat says I'm at 72%, or 72 degrees, rather. And uh, my uh, humidity is reading around 32%. That's excellent. That's really excellent. That's really oh. excellent. Well, I was a little bit concerned about it because I... I have uh, hardwood floors, and I notice a little bit of squeaking going on when I'm walking across the floors, and I thought, well, maybe I've got too much dryness going on. But normally indoor range with the kind of temperatures that we're running exterior, I guess, is there a range there, like, say, 30 to 40 percent is what is considered to be a comfortable range? 
Yeah, uh, unless your doctor says otherwise for respiratory ailments, if you can hold your humidity at 25 to 35%, your cabinets are going to be happy, your floor is going to be happy, drywall plaster is happy, your nasal passage, really good. What happens is when you get down below 18, so that that tells me, Joe, you've got a really good humidifier because most humidifiers struggle when a really cold temperature, when that furnace runs, it's hard for them to get enough moisture into the air. So you've got some quality stuff going on there. Well, at times it seems like that uh, that vapor unit there is really putting out a lot of water, and I can hear it, you know, draining into my floor drain. And I'm thinking, wow, my water bill is going to be out of sight. But I guess that's the price you pay for comfort. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The only thing, uh, there are steam generators, steam humidifiers that are more efficient that, you know, that you can make the walls sweat with that one. We, when we have clients that have uh, very valuable artwork, then we go to these steam humidifiers because you can, and a really nice hum, uh, thermostat to where you can exactly dial what the humidity is throughout that house. But mm-hmm. you know, for you and me, 30, 32%, that's great. I mean, you're yeah, great. A good range, as you mentioned earlier, is 25 to about 35. Yeah, yeah. And people that don't have humidifiers, we and we, we this is a Mosby contract issue because if we do this whiz-bang project uh, on their house and they don't have a humidifier, boy, they go through the first, fur, first furnace season in the winter and they dry the air down to 18, 17, 16%. Hardwood floors are cracking, all the miters on the baseboard and trim, drywall starts cracking, cabinets start splitting at the joints, door woodwork. So, I mean, it's a big deal. You're right. Right in the sweet spot there, Joe. Well, I feel comfortable with that. I thank you for your assurances. You have a good one. Roger that. You too. Take care. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. I've got one caller on the line. I'm running out of time, so uh, stay tuned. We've got the Billiken basketball coming up here in uh, just about 50 seconds. So uh, remember, uh, as temperatures warm up, be diligent. Walk about the house. Go outside. I know you don't want to mess up that beautiful snowfall around those yards. I love the picture-perfect look of it all now. But, you know, go around, look at the roof, look for branches, things like that. Go down in your basement. Some of you... You don't go down there much at all because I know it's difficult to get back up the steps. But go take a look or get somebody to go walk the outside wall of your house. Make sure things are as you expect it. So make sure you're given a good once-over. Inspect your home. Just be familiar with it. Um, and we'll talk to you next week here at University of Camwex. Go Billiken basketball right here on Camwex. Stay tuned. More coming up after this.